The vicious voices of the right are out in full force, and it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Start your morning diving into the headlines and issues that matter to our everyday lives, speaking with changemakers and hearing from you, our listeners. Hear your host, Zerlina Maxwell, break down the top news, push for solutions from officials who represent us, and call out the misinformation and hypocrisy that surrounds us, plus the engaging stories that keep you energized. Get your morning boost of politics, culture, and everything you need to start your day. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is here. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. I'm Zerlina Maxwell, and I am joined by the Jane Fonda. And she's here to talk about Fire Drill Fridays, which is going to be back in person in Washington, D.C. at Freedom Plaza starting again on December the 2nd. Thank you so much for being here today. It's so great to have you back. It's good to be with you, Zerlina. Thank you. It's it's not like starting December 2nd. It's not like we're going to be every week now in D.C. the way we were in 2019. Mm-hmm. This is post-midterm election before the new year starts. What has this election meant for the climate and what mm-hmm. do we need to be doing going forward? That's It's, it's one time live. We're going to be live in other parts of the country, but this mm-hmm. is the one in D.C. Terrific. Thank you for thank you for that clarification. And just tell us for those folks who were not included and participating in Fire Drill Fridays before the pandemic, um, you were in person, you were wearing your red and you were, you know, crying out and raising your voices um, because of the climate emergency. So talk about Fire Drill Fridays and what they are for the folks who now want to get activated post midterm elections. Thank you. Yes, it was the fall of 2019. And a new um, intergovernmental panel on climate change had been released and it was very, very scary. And I realized that I wasn't doing enough. I have a platform because I'm famous, I needed to do more. And so I called the head of Greenpeace USA who was a friend, Annie Leonard. And I said, I wanna come to DC and do something that people will take notice. I want to move people who are concerned about the climate crisis into action. And so we, we came up with the name Fire Drill Fridays and every Friday we held a rally near the, um, the Capitol and okay. we engaged in civil disobedience um, because it got a lot of attention and it did. It, it, it got a lot of attention internationally as well as nationally. And people started coming from all over the country, people who had never, been at a rally before, much less mm-hmm. risk getting arrested. And and um, and then when COVID hit, we continued um, virtually. And in 2020, we had 9 million. This last month, we hit 11 million people who follow wow. us across all platforms. Yeah. It, it's a really incredible movement that you've built. And I think it's it's timely because in this particular moment, as you've said so often, it's an emergency. We don't have time to wait or, um, you know, to delay the radical action that we need on climate. And what one of the things you talk a lot about is um, a cleaner, greener, and healthier world. What do you, what does that actually look like um, when you're thinking through the policy changes and and the things you're trying to raise um, awareness on? What does a cleaner, greener, healthier world actually look like? Well, 
it's not going to happen for a while, okay, mm. because of all the heat and pollution that's already been baked in. It's going to be decades if we started doing everything right before that cleaner, safer, healthier world comes into being. That's what we're fighting for, but it is something in the future. The climate crisis is happening right now all over the world, and what has to happen is we've got to stop all new fossil fuel development. No more drilling, no more fracking, no more, um, you know, getting oil out of the ground. We've got already more fossil fuels above ground than we are able to use if we want to keep warming within an acceptable level. So we have to stop all new fossil fuels and then we have to gradually phase out as we increase the green technology, the, mm -hmm. the electric vehicles and the solar panels and the wind turbines and, and that is happening and the recent um, um, Inflation Reduction Act put a lot of money out there to help move forward the, um, the, the, the green technology but what people don't realize is what that bill also said is every time we want to put a wind farm or solar collectors in, on public lands we have to also allow fossil fuel permits to mm. go into a I mean, what? The science is very clear. We right. cannot do that. We cannot do that. And one of the problems is that too many of our elected officials, including Senator Manchin, including, well, he, he gets more fossil fuel money than anybody, but Schumer, all of them, they get all this money from the fossil fuel industry. And so they don't, you know, they're not going to stand up to them. And um, so what we have to do now is demand of President Biden to declare a climate emergency. Once he does that, all kinds of mechanisms come into play, including the ability to ban oil, ex crude oil exports, which Obama did, and then it was undone by Trump. And it's, we're still exporting oil. We, we've got to get that stopped. We have to stop subsidies to the fossil fuel industry. Taxpayers pay $20 billion a year in subsidies to the fossil fuel industry. And, um, and he can take money from the Pentagon mm -hmm. to help further the green the green revolution. So that that's the main thing that we need to ask him to do: climate emergency. And then we have to be sure that we never elect anybody again who's taking money from the fossil fuel industries. I mean, it's 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 so important the way that you lay it out there to connect um, the policies to the money going to the politicians. And I and I I love that you frequently you know, name check the folks who are um, elected um, because they got money from industries that are the obstacle to the necessary changes we need on climate. I mean, the, the impact of weather disasters and, and climate um, disasters in recent years, I mean, I think in the last decade, it was like 90% of people have been impacted by a climate or weather emergency. I mean, I always say on the show in the morning, you know, one day it's going to be you. If you're watching someone somewhere else uh, survive a hurricane or some sort of disaster and lose everything, one day that is going to be you because we're all impacted um, or will be um, by one of these emergencies. I mean, do you think that um, we 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 should be listening more to the younger generation? I mean, we just went through this amazing midterm election with historic youth turnout it feels like um you as somebody who is um outspoken and as oh. you said a celebrity you know you're you're also allowing 
um, you know, this conversation to include Gen Z activists and climate activists. I know that you're so engaged with with the young people who are so outspoken on this issue also. Yes. Well, it's their future. That's why they're so angry. Mm -hmm. That's why they do things that may seem outrageous, but, you know, they like throwing paint at, you know, at paintings and things. I, I wouldn't do that personally, but I understand the anger. It's their future that we are compromising and, and they're mad. And so I do encourage, they inspire me and I encourage them at, at, at the, uh, at our December 2nd, we're going to have the young Jerome Foster, um, is one of the speaker. He's the youngest member of the White House Environmental Justice mm -hmm. Advisory Council. Um, and I got to know him when I was there in 2019. And another one is Roy Sheta Ozane, who lives in the Gulf. The Gulf is like the eye of the storm. That's that's where it's happening and that's where we have to stop it. And that's why after the new year, that's where Fire Drill Friday is going to go in person, live rallies and focus because um, people are really being thrown out under the bus there and, and, and we have to stop it. Now, here's another thing that, that the rally is going to focus on. Manchin agreed to, to vote in favor of the Reduction Inflation Act if Schumer would... Uh, uh, would make this back deal. There's this side deal. We call it a dirty deal that Schumer and Manchin did. It, they tried to pass it before the election and we beat it back. It was an amazing all hands on deck experience. This side deal shortcuts the time that oil companies and coal companies and gas companies um, have to go through um, regulations. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it's reducing the time between when they apply for a permit and when they get the, the permit, which means that communities, communities of color, communities um, of indigenous people, island people, they have no time now to look at what's happening and to build a scientific strong case for why it shouldn't go forward. That's one of the things that the side, side deal does. And apparently Schumer and Manchin are gonna try to attach it to a must pass bill, like the defense bill, for example. And so all hands on deck, we have to stop this from happening because if that happens i mean it's that's it i don't know how we're going to keep the climate crisis under control if this kind of thing goes forward and we just have to we have to put all the pressure that we can on the people that are elected to office they are not representing us they're representing oil companies and big corporations, and, it, and it, it's got to stop. That's the message that we're going to be putting out there. I mean, one of the things um, I've been sort of thinking about as I was, um, you know, prepping for this conversation with you today is um, the fact that you are 85. And as I mentioned before, Gen Z, um, you know, many of these issues are urgent for them because they can do the math when when you know the climate scientists say you know 2050 they're like wait i'm only going to be you know 40 <laughs> um in 2050 that's that's me that's my lifetime um can you talk a bit about how you are so animated and focused on this issue when as my dad likes to say i have more years behind me than ahead um because he's he's uh you know in his late 60s and so he's he's started saying that recently and i think it's so it's so powerful that you utilize your your platform to talk about an issue that you know you may not be here to see the successes and the impact fully of all of your advocacy but why do you choose to be so outspoken 
anyway. Well, those of us who are old, like I am, we have to think really clearly about, we have to envision our dying. We're, I mean, we never know how we're gonna die, but let's just assume you die in bed at home or in a hospital. I know when I envision that scene, I know that I want people who love me around me. I have to earn that between now and then. And I wanna be able to feel, I wanna be able to look my grandkids in the eye and feel that I did every single thing I could possibly do to stay on catastrophe. That's one thing. Secondly, I love people. I love young people. I love animals. I love the ocean. I love forests. I, I, I don't want these things to be destroyed. I don't want our species, this predatory species that hasn't been around all that long to, to just to wipe everything that's been created away. We have no right to do that. We have to fight for it. And then when we die, when I die, I will be able to die with a modicum of, of peace. That's a good thing to work for if you're 85. <laughs> oh yeah. I think, I think one, I, I am always trying to protect my peace in the present, but I certainly want to be able um, at the end, no matter, cause we don't know when it will be that, that you, you can leave in peace as well, because you've, you've only put forward good things and positive things in the world and you're leaving, you know, with love surrounding you, as you, as you mentioned, it's such a beautiful image to think about. I mean, do, do you think that getting older as my dad, my dad always says, as I said, like he'll, he'll say, you know, I have more years behind me than ahead. Um, he talks like that now. When you think about your life, <laughs> um, you know, how, how has getting older and, and, you know, starting to think about those things like passing away or what that could look like, you know, how does that change your approach to your day to day? Does it? And, and if so, how? Yes. It's absolutely wonderful. But I see, I have studied other cultures and I know that there are other cultures like in Madagascar, like in Mexico, other cultures where they're not afraid of death. They look death in the face and say, here, come, take me, I'm ready. You know, they, they, it's a totally different attitude. So I've been thinking about dying and preparing for it for at least three decades or more. And it's the smartest thing I ever did. You know, it forces you to live intentionally because you know it doesn't last mm. forever. And it yes. forces you to think about how you want the end of your life to be. It's such a beautiful um, thought. Um, and I think all of all of our listeners at home are can marinate on that uh, for the rest of today. One of the last <laughs> questions I had for you <laughs> is um, just the, the last decade, um, but but certainly the last five years, we just past the official sort of quote-unquote anniversary of five years since that the Harvey Weinstein story in the New York Times and you've been so outspoken throughout the course of your entire career but but certainly in the last five years about the ways in which women and marginalized people are treated and harassed and and how it's so important to continue to raise our voices and call this stuff out and stop this type of behavior um when you look back just at the last five years um, are you surprised by the backlash that we've seen, you know, uh, from some of the progress and the wins and, and some of the successes of the Me Too movement and all the things that have happened since that no, New York Times story? No, I'm not surprised. This is a big, big mm -hmm. issue that has to do with not really reproductive rights. It has to do with power. 
taking away women's reproductive rights is taking away their power. It's about power. So no, I'm not surprised at the pushback, but I believe that there's been a tremendous amount of progress on many, many, yeah. many levels. I'm very, I'm very um, encouraged and I'm gonna have to go, I'm sorry. Oh yes, I know. I think it was like, my question was at the last minute we had, um, so I know that we have to end our conversation there because you're very busy and important. Um, but Fire Drill Fridays starting and will be on in person again, starting in person again, December the 2nd in Washington, D.C. at Freedom Plaza. Jane Fonda, the Jane Fonda. Thank you so much for being here. It's so great to talk, talk to you as always. Fun to talk to you. Please stay, stay safe. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Zerlinette. Check in for new episodes every weekday.